Hi, this is Chris Fox, author of Right to Market in 5,000 Words Per Hour, and you are listening to Genretainment. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Genretainment. If you're new to the show, Genretainment is part of the Sci-Fi Pulse Radio.com network, and we're your hosts, Marks. And Julie. And Genretainment is where we talk about what's happening in the world of film, TV, books, and web series. We give you interviews with writers, directors, producers, and actors in both independent and not-so-independent creations. Now, I'm a writer, the author of the book Television on the Wild Wild Web, web series creator, filmmaker, and lately, also a college professor. And... You have to call me Professor Marks. Just kidding. <laughs> How about Professor X? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I am an actress and also a writer. And this is episode 123. And the interview this time is with writer Scott Keane. He's the One, author- two, three. That's a good number. It is, right? He is the author of the nonfiction books Finish the Script, Story Pitch, Outline Your Novel, and The Five-Day Novel. Yes, he wrote a novel in five days. Wow. His fiction... Doesn't everybody do that? I don't know. Sometimes it takes me five days to read a novel. <laughs> His fiction includes Merry Guns, Wrath of Dragons, and much, much more. Well, Scott tells us how he made the transition from college professor to full-time author, shares a number of writing tips, and tells about his fictional books and much more. We should make a quick mention that if you like our show, please share it with your friends and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or wherever you're finding us. Also, the music you heard at the start of the show and that you will hear at the end of the show is from our web series, Reality on Demand. The song is composed by our friend T. Sean Hardy. Now let's get started with the interview. Well, hi, Scott. Welcome to the show. Hello. Oh, thanks for having me. I know you originally from your nonfiction work uh, when you first came out with that, that book, The Five-Day Novel. It was quite a quite a challenge. To, <laughs> um, I mean, everyone doesn't write a novel in I, five days. I, I don't know. They should. <laughs> Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that project of yours? Sure. So probably the year leading up to when I wrote the novel, I was trying to expand my context in in the indie scene. So doing a lot of meetups, going to a lot of conferences and so forth. And one of the things I discovered when doing that is that romance authors are possibly some of the hardest working authors out there. The romance readers are just voracious. They, they, they read nonstop, they devour books and to be really successful, it helps if you just crank out books fast. And so I would hear these crazy stories about romance authors with, with, with sore hands or <laughs> literally blood on their keyboards. And I, and I was impressed by this because they would just put out a book like every week or if not, you know, maybe two books a month. And I thought, hey, that is crazy. I, I won't do that. But what could I do? I was like, could I write a book in one day? And I finally decided, like, no, that's impossible for me. I can't write a book one day. But I was like, maybe if I tweak my my schedule and, and how I do it, I could possibly write a book in five days. And so it was kind of like a challenge for myself of, of, of can I work as hard as theoretically a romance author works? And, and that's what the five-day novel is. It's me planning from, from start to finish. So it's, you know, the pre-writing, the first draft, the rewrites, the polish of a political thriller. Yeah, great. Cool. You know, I've we've had a lot of writers talk about how much uh, romance writers really mm-hmm, yeah. write, and you know they don't always get all the the their due. Always get their due. I know that um, I think people now they're pretty much gone, but soap operas people would kind of look down their noses at soap opera, but they had to put out a lot of pages all the time. Yeah, yeah. We've talked to somebody who you know he worked in. And uh, soap opera, he was like, my God, you wouldn't believe how hard everyone works and how much everyone writes. 
So maybe that's the thing. Uh, <clears throat> because of the death of soap operas, uh, romance oh. novels are the replacement for that. So yeah. Well, those are technically different genres. You're talking like melodrama, telenovela versus like romance with you know that has to have a happily ever after. That's true. Or the period set in romances. Those well, those generally follows the, the the same happily ever after rules, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, they would have a happily ever after if soap operas ever ended. <laughs> they just continue <laughs> maybe, on. Maybe, um, maybe. Well, see, I like the happily ever after. Marks teases me about my love of the Hallmark movies. Yeah, so. she watches Hallmark movies quite a bit. <laughs> he grudgingly says, I've caught him watching some, and he didn't turn away in disgust, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about something else now. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Um, let's talk a little bit about the book that you did write, Americans, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. <clears throat> so that's the one you wrote in five days? Yeah, it's a political thriller. It's set in D.C. Um, I kind of, right after... I guess this is the summer of 2016. No, what year is this now? Yeah, 2016. It was right after the the Pulse shooting in Florida, mm -hmm. and so so guns were once again in the news as as they seem to be for the past you know five ten years, mm -hmm. and and I, there's just a lot of stuff going on in the media, and I kind of wanted to educate myself on the topic, so I started talking to police officers, retired military, and just kind of educating myself on the stuff a normal person doesn't normally know, especially if you aren't that familiar with guns, and and Mayor Guns is is kind of one part thriller, but also kind of my exploration into, you know, the gun situation. Great. Now, before you did this five day novel, what was the fastest you ever wrote a novel before? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere close to five days, I guess. Well, the, the novel I wrote immediately before that was the, the first book in my epic fantasy series. And that took about six months to go from, the first draft to rewrites to alpha readers to rewrites to editor to rewrites to beta reader to rewrites. So mm -hmm. after like the six months process of just trying to slog that out, it was kind of exciting to be like, oh, I'm going to crank this out in one week. This is stupid, but OK, I'm going to try. Yeah. <laughs> if nothing else, it really gets those creative juices flowing in your yeah. brain. It's mm -hmm. kind of like, uh, like for filmmaking, the 48-hour film challenge, yeah. that kind of stuff to really get you. Uh, I think every artist has to do something like that. <clears throat> Yeah, well, five-day novel is a bit much. Yeah, that, I mean, maybe not to that extreme, but you have to you have to challenge yourself with uh, quick stuff just to kind of brainstorm. I think yeah. sometimes. So what's what's your writing? I imagine you're not doing that with every book. So what's what's kind of your normal schedule now? What what do you see as a normal, how many weeks or whatever time period do you normally uh, try to schedule for a book? I don't. It, it just kind of whatever the project needs is, is kind of what I dedicated to it. Mm -hmm. And now that I, I pretty much do this full time, I just have my mornings that are, are set to writing. I go and I write. And then when that book's done, I just, you know, immediately start the next book. So I don't really have a, a hard schedule. Mm -hmm. It's just whenever the books are done. Plus, you know, I switch back and forth between the nonfiction to epic fantasy to shorter stuff. So there is not a consistent length anyway. Yeah. Now, you've also come out with a couple more nonfiction books after that, uh, Story Pitch and then, um, and then your outlining book. So uh, what, what brought about the Story Pitch idea? Uh, it, it probably really started with, with my first book out, which was Finish the Script, and that's a book about screenwriting. Mm -hmm. And it was basically a, a summary of my, my college course on how to write screenplays. And once I got into the indie scene of writing, I was like, you know what, I kind of want to do this for for novels, you know, finish the script for, for books. And that's what the outlining novel was. 
except that I, I like to tie my nonfiction into my fiction books. So, for example, you know, the five-day novel is tied to Amerigons. Story pitch is, is tied to my dystopian thriller, Resist Them. And outlying your novel is tied to my big fantasy, Wrath of Dragons. And there was going to be a, a very long gap between me doing, like, the first draft of outlying your novel to when it finally came out because I was writing an epic fantasy book in the middle. And so I was kind of itchy and wanting to do something. And what could I do? And I was like, well, you know, I'm going to do story pitch because there, there's enough content on on the concept of what is a story and how to pitch the story that I could pull just a little bit from five day novel, pull a little bit from outline your novel and then blow that into a, a full book. And that's what story pitch is. Mm -hmm. And I like the method. It's kind of a, you know, log lines, really important tool in script writing. And I, and I think it's a natural kind of growth out of that for for novel writers. I find it pretty useful. So. Yeah, it is. Um, and then from story pitch, you go into your outlining. For your outlining book, is there anything that you feel that uh, your approach to it stands out compared to other outlining books that people should be aware of? I think a lot of outlining books are are very strict to, it has to be done this way. This is exactly what structure is, and these are the rules you have to follow. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't subscribe to that. I, I think that... Screenplays, yes, they they adhere very much to structure. It's what the studios want. It's just how they're done. Novels, structure is important, but it's not it's not structure first. It's very much genre first. It's reader expectation first. And so one of the things that I, I push forward in my outlining book is like, okay, this is structure. This is how you do it. These are the general rules. Now go ahead and break it to tell the story that you need to tell. And it's okay if you break the structure. The important thing is that you you at least had a plan. And and work about worry about these other things, you know, the the character arcs, worry about the genre and so forth. Yeah. Now you mentioned you, you uh, used to teach. Talk a little bit about that. What did you used to teach in college? Uh, I taught University of Maryland. Uh, basically, the, the the big thing that I was was writing classes. So it was screenwriting. It was uh, comics. I can't remember the technical name of that class. It was digital media. It was photography. It was pretty much all the stuff I write books about. Mm, awesome. It's cool to hear about comic book class. <laughs> yeah, and photography, by the way. Oh, yeah. One of your jobs is photography with, with board games, right? Yeah, so my wife is a chemical engineer, and, and she made a lot more money than I made as a college professor. And so a job opportunity arrived, and we had the option of moving from, from Maryland to Texas. And since her job paid way more than what <laughs> yeah. my job paid... We, we, we moved to Texas. And once we got there, they're just once you go from like a, a tenure track plan, it really hurts your career as a, a college professor to, to jump down to like adjunct. Uh, it, it's almost impossible to get back to tenure track. So when we were in Texas, I was like, well, what am I going to do? And I was like, OK, I'm going to go ahead and, and do the writing thing and try to make that a full time thing. And then on the side, I'm going to go ahead and do photography. But like working with people is hard. They're a pain in the butt. Clients yeah. are divas. It's just it's just a hassle. <laughs> Uh, yeah. and, and so my favorite kind of photography is, well, landscapes, but you got to get up really early, but I really like food photography. And I was like, well, what's something related to food or I can make, sh I can shoot kind of like food and, and board games came up. And so I kind of started a, a photography business where I do commercial photography for board game publishers. So it's like they, food porn, but board game porn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so they send me the games. I take the photos. They go on Amazon. They print them for banners. Uh, they use them for conventions. They use them for sell sheets to sell to, to other countries and all that kind of stuff. Cool. That's really cool. I like photography. Although I haven't done photography in years. If this tells you anything, when I enjoy doing photography, I enjoyed being in the dark room for hours at a time. Nowadays, that just does you just do digital now. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's all digital. I miss the old days, though. I miss the old. 
I miss that. I miss the film. Oh, the smell and the time weight. I oh, love no, the thank smell, you. And I love being in the dark room for hours. It was just well, awesome. When you upload files from your, your camera to your, your computer, just turn off the lights. And <laughs> just imagine. A red light. <laughs> yeah. It, it lost its magic. <laughs> uh, do you play a lot of board games? Is something is that something you ever want to do is make a board game? Uh, I, I think it takes a, a certain kind of personality to design a board game. I, I know a lot of designers. I've interviewed a lot of designers on my podcast, and and a lot of designers happen to have a background where they're they are engineers. A lot of lot of board game designers are are engineers, and if it's not like actual engineering, for like like buildings and so forth, it's computer engineering. It's it takes a kind of you like to crunch numbers, you like to to test layouts and 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 mechanics and all that kind of stuff. So I think it maybe I could one day, but but a lot of p- people who do it successfully have a different personality and different background than what I have. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I mean, you know, you have the creative aspect, but everything has to kind of balance out really, you know, and for a game, you can't, you can't have loose ends. And... Oh, and just the, the tedious stuff. I yeah. mean, the, you design the board game, you play test it and then you, you tweak it and then you play test it like a hundred to a thousand more times with more people, more yeah. groups. And, and, Oh, that's so tedious. I don't got time for that. <laughs> What's one of the prettiest packaging for a board game you've taken pictures of? Uh, there's so many big, big board games now. One of the uh, games that came out probably past few years that I really enjoy that was fun to take was one called Blood Rage. Uh, that's I think that's just Eric Lang who designed that, and that's published by Cool Mini or Not. Uh, Scythe from Jamie Stegmeier and Stomeyer Games. That is another fantastically beautiful game that has a lot of good gameplay with it. Cool. Have you been to Gen Con mm. in Indianapolis then for... Um... I've not done Gen Con. It, it, it's huge. I've done Origins. I've done BGG Con. I've done a bunch of uh, smaller cons also. Okay. Awesome. And you also have a podcast, right? Uh, yep, The Creator's Cast. Mm-hmm. What episode are you on currently? Like, How many episodes do you have? I think I just recorded like 135, but I took a six-month break this year because we went from we moved from Texas to Pennsylvania, which was crazy. Plus, while we were still in Texas, Hurricane Harvey hit, and so we were kind of dealing with oh. the aftermath of that. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we were luckily okay. Our house was safe and dry, um, but a lot of people we knew weren't. So I was out helping people mud out their houses and all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's rough. Um, all right, so your fiction books. Um, what's your fantasy series about, your fantasy book? Is that first book out yet yeah the first book came out it came out on march 3rd which was my birthday i was like hey a gift to myself is people can finally read this book (laughs) (laughs) you were ready to kick it out of the nest weren't you oh yeah definitely and it's kind of like classic uh epic fantasy it's it's second world because of the way i write dialogue it's much more contemporary dialogue it's not the or thou or that kind of stuff the the plot is you know you got a a young mage who kind of wants to be a hero. There's there's a princess who's trying to save her kingdom. There's a runaway dragon. There's dragon armies. It, it's lots of action, lots of jokes, lots of humor. It's just a kind of a fun adventure. Is this going to be a trilogy or just ongoing series? Right now, I, I believe it's going to be nine books in the main series, and then I kind of between each of the main books, I'm going to release a collection of short stories set in the world. Sometimes flashbacks, sometimes flash sideways, sometimes flash forwards. And, and there's going to be nine of those books also. Cool. Nice. Very cool. So is there any other fiction work you have currently out that's, that you'd like to, that you haven't already mentioned, like Americans and uh, Resist Them? Is it Resist uh, Them? Yeah, Resist Them. Yeah. yeah, Resist Them. Yeah. Just a little Pro bit about that one, yeah. Uh, basically, I was working on the sequel to Americans, and then the election of 2016 happened. 
and the plot I had actually planned out for Amerigun's book two just didn't work anymore with Republicans now controlling Congress and and the White House. And mm-hmm. so I was like, well, crap, I'll just kind of sit on this story and what do I want to do now. And my response kind of to that whole election situation was was resist them. And it's a dystopian thriller set in a future where the government literally pumps their information directly into your brain and you can't turn it off or, or do anything about it. You have just described my hell. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've already like just dropped off of the social media world for a couple of years now and want nothing to do with that. So having it pumped into my brain and can't escape, that's hell. <laughs> that's why it's a dystopian yes, thriller. Yes. That, but that, not, that not, is just several steps beyond dystopia. Not, not, <laughs> it's not utopian. <laughs> no, 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 no. One more election and I'm going to just become Amish is all I can say. <laughs> is there any other fiction work you like to mention that you've done? There's my middle grade books. Uh, if you like middle grade, I have a series. Uh, it's kind of like the early Harry Potters or the, the Percy Jackson. It's two kids. There, there's genies. There's gins. There's unicorns fighting. There's there's a war between cupcakes and brownies. It is, is, is fun and crazy. Oh, man. How can you choose between cupcakes and brownies? Well, that's why they're at war. Oh. <laughs> there has to be peace. I mean, what if you run out of cupcakes and brownies because they're busy killing themselves? Man, you're killing me today, Scott. <laughs> Yep, that's what they all died, and that's what led to this dystopian world. Well, yeah, if there are no cupcakes or brownies to eat, then, yeah, you are well on your way to a dystopian world. <laughs> well, well, technically, all my books actually take place in the same universe and are connected. Oh, so, I mean, that's wow. that's not how they get to the dystopian world, but I'm just saying it's not far off. Yeah, oh. yeah, see, he's with me on this. If you, if you cannot drown your sorrows in those things, then... Life is just not working. That's living. cool that you're that technically you're in the same world. So I'll always I have to figure out how those things all connect. I'll have yeah. to read all the books like, real carefully and, and start taking notes. <laughs> well then there's my, my, my comic book, Holiday Wars, and that's kinda like the central one that a lot of them connect through. Oh okay. Tell us about that one. Uh the premise is basically holidays are, are sentient. They they are living personified beings, uh, and they kind of adjust to our culture. So as Easter has changed from how it was 200 years ago, you know, kind of like a, a pagan spring goddess. Easter is now literally a bunny and, and, and <laughs> tired and frustrated with, with this change, not being able to control who they are. They kind of declare war on all the holidays. Easter kills Santa, and, and that's how you have the holiday wars. <laughs> oh, no. That sounds interesting. You said that was a comic book? Yeah, the, the first one was published through a, a traditional publisher, and the rest are just online for right now. Oh, and cool. I'll eventually collect those all. I think we're up to book four. Yeah, because I have to write book five. So oh, we're up to book four now. I totally missed that. Didn't know you had a comic book out. Yeah. You covered a lot really fast. <laughs> <laughs> Scott's very good at getting all that yes. information in there. You can tell he was a professor. <laughs> so for people who listen, because a lot of people who listen are creators themselves in one format or another, is there any like writing tip you'd like to share with them? Writing tip I'd like to share. I would think that... The only tip I have regarding writing is that if you want to be a writer, you have to write. That the world we live in is very busy. You got to pay your bills. If you got kids, you kind of have to make sure your kids are safe and you take care of them. Then if you have a spouse, there's yeah, the romantic feed relationship. Those kids every day or they get grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> romantic relations take time. Uh, there's things like media that you want to consume. You want to read a book. You want to watch TV. You want to watch a movie. You want to play a game. There's a lot going on. And, and if, if writing is truly important to you, if it's something you want to do, 
you have to prioritize it. You have to figure out somehow in your life to fit it in. And if you don't fit it in, it's just never going to happen. So that that's my biggest tip is that if you want to write, go and actually write. Yeah. Great. Now you taught script writing um, mm-hmm. before, and I was wondering, like I've went to film school and such, so um, and I've written scripts, and I'm trying to write fiction novels, and I have a little bit of, you know, it's just a different shift in thinking in a oh, way yeah. of tell a story. Uh, did you have any problems at all shifting that thinking, or do you have any tips for someone trying to shift from script writing to to novel writing? I, I would say that the the biggest thing from from going one to the other is is obviously the format. You know, there there is no real format when talking about novels, and you aren't just stuck with structure. You can kind of have the novel go off to the side and meander a little bit, and that's fine, especially if you're writing a series. Um, there, there's a, there's much more freedom. So embrace that freedom. I know, I know personally what I struggled with most was going from the description lines in a screenplay to the narrative prose in a novel, mm-hmm. because a, a screenplay is very like as trim as possible. You know, there's a room, the room is blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, boom, boom, boom. And the descriptions are just kind of, of what they are. And then you get to the meat of the scene and that's always dialogue. Or if there's action, you know, there's, there's some action. Whereas a novel is very much more like you need to be in the character's head. So it's not just, there is a room. It's okay. There's a room, but your character with their personality and and the voice they have, what do they actually notice in the room? And what information about that room is what the reader actually needs to know. Mm -hmm. So, Maybe the room, you know, if we're talking fantasy, the, the room is set in a, a king's bedroom. Well, well, what I need to describe in this king's bedroom to make it super fancy. I was like, well, I can go through and, and describe a mirror. And the mirror has all these more things. And then, you know, like, oh, the bed. The bed has gold, blah, 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 blah. And eventually you're going to get to a point where you're going to be kind of doing a laundry list of descriptions. And the reader's not going to be paying attention anymore. So you really just need to buckle down. Okay, what is my character going to one notice? And, and of the things that they might notice, what information there might provide everything you need to see in the room to the reader. So if I describe only the mirror and make sure the mirror is like just over the top, ridiculously fancy, mm-hmm. then maybe that's enough for the reader to imagine on their own that the rest of the room is fancy, too. Mm-hmm. So so it's it's just almost like a weird different mindset of of literally kind of manipulating the reader into seeing things, even if you aren't describing them. Yeah. Mm. Well, and, I'll, you know, the what you're you know the way you described it, it it struck me that one way to describe to someone who's used to writing scripts is that you as the writer for a novel you have to do everything that for a script the writer the actor and the director would all kind of and the and the set coordinator and the art direction would all collectively do you know yeah. you know cuz in that you 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 would in a script you wouldn't get too detailed unless there was a particular detail that was very important to the story because these other people have to do their part. You know, that's that's someone else's job, you know, create the set and the props and it's the actor's job to decide how the how the character would interact in that room. It's the director's job to get it all together. So so yeah, um, you know, writing if you're used to writing scripts and you go to write prose, it's like you just have to go, Okay, I have to do what all those people would do <laughs> you know, in that as well. But um it does give you more freedom, which is and, and more control over it, which is really nice. Do you prefer first person or third person or doesn't matter? Or does the story tell you? To you. Oh, I despise first person. Like, I don't even read books that are first person. Oh, really? Oh, really? <laughs> I, and I think or, or one I, of our I, cats I, was so surprised. She just went, <laughs> 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 so 
I, I think that's probably my film background and from writing screenplays is that the idea of, of writing in first person or even reading it just drives me crazy. Yeah. And and so so my cheat is obviously if there's an important book, you know, just a hot book that I, I want to read, a lot of times I'll just get the audiobook and that's fine. I can listen to the audiobook first person, but it just feels really weird reading for me personally in first person. And that's not like there's something wrong with first person. That is just me being strange. That's just a personal <laughs> hang up. Right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we all have our own little personal things, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, um, if that's your worst pet peeve, I think you're adjusting well to life. <laughs> Do you have any other nonfiction books in the works or planned? I have at least one more coming out that's with the editor. I'm not ready to announce it, but it should be out by the fall at the latest. Oh, okay. oh awesome. I'll Keep us updated on that, please. Yeah. Great. And, of course, you got your fantasy series going. And is there any other fictional work you're working on? Like any other new series you're thinking about? doing oh no no it's it's pretty much at this point trying to do the fantasy book so the fantasy series and right now you know um one two i'm probably like four books in of 18 so that that's a big priority and just making sure that i'm still keeping up my my non-fiction along the way i'm sure at some point i'm gonna go back and 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 redo americans book two and, and and flesh out that series more but that might just be like oh i've been writing fantasy books for you know 14 months now, I just need, need two weeks off and I'm going to crash and, and do a trilogy or something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, um, before you go, can you remind everybody where they can find you online and your work? Sure. My website is www.scottking.info. And then I am on Twitter as at Scott King. And you can find all my books on Amazon. Uh, just type in Scott King, Five the Novel or whatever. And then a lot of them are also on Audible too. Well, thanks so much for being on the show, Scott. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. Hi, it's Sean Coyne from The Story Grid, published by Black Irish Books, and you're listening to Genretainment. Well, a big thank you to Scott for taking the time to chat with us, and please be sure to check out any of his books that sound interesting to you. We'll have any links mentioned in the show notes. So that's it for today's episode. Before we go, we want to remind you that you can always keep track of us by subscribing to us on iTunes or by following our Genretainment Facebook page, my Twitter account, which is at MrMarks, Genretainment.com, or Follow all the shows at scififulseradio.com. We'll be back soon with all new guests from our favorite film, TV shows, novels, and web series. John Retainment is a production of Alien Jungle Bug Productions. Until, Until next, next time. time. Well, thanks to Scott for t- taking... On my planet, that's perfectly understandable. Okay. Bad monkey.